Hello. Hello, Marilyn. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm good. Are you well? Yes. <laughs> good. Glad How are you today? I'm pretty good. Good. I couldn't find my pants, so I'm a little bit... Uh... What are you wearing then? How do you get... Because I know you got to do layers there. When I met you the last time um, that we talked in person... Mm-hmm. All you did was talk about layers. Like, hey, what's up, Merlin? You're like, I got layers. Is that really on. all I talked about? I got layers on. Just, just that. Like, yeah, you're like, when and you're I'm, in San Francisco, you got to have uh-huh. layers, Dan. You got to have layers. Oh, I see. That talk about the hills and yeah. the restaurant too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's a, it, in summary, uh, San Francisco's a land of contrasts. Yeah, I like to wear seven pairs of pants. What about it? <laughs> It's, it's like Joey much... in that one scene and and friends when he puts on all the Chandler's clothes and he doesn't know oh, which funny. one. Yeah. And like a local production of Heidi. No, I don't think I saw that uh, <laughs> network. Um, no. But no, no, no. Well, I've been medically, uh, I've been diagnosed with a medically large thigh gap. Like if and you're I think le- that's legitimately thigh gapped, then. Legitimately you know. thigh gap. And because of HIPAA, I think people shouldn't have to know about that. No. And that's the truth. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think people move my pants. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yet somehow I persist. <laughs> Is that how it goes? Is that that book that thing Chelsea Clinton said and wrote a book about? What's that called? Nevertheless, I have I have pants. Yes. I should get a second pair. Um, let's see. Uh, what did I write down here? Oh yeah, I was looking at scooters. It's overwhelming. Like a, va- like a Vespa scooter? Mm-mm. No, a what they call a kick scooter, like an electric kick scooter. Um, oh, yeah. Does it have a, the handle on top or is it? Yeah. Yep. The, that's the big distinction. Uh, like if it's got a handle, it changes the whole game from a legal standpoint. And so are like, you still rolling around on that thing, the Segway? Am I, am I still rolling around on that thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> this, didn't you Mom? get a Segway or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Whatever. Let me check my most recent miles. As of September 28th, I have uh, clocked 954 miles on a Segway. <laughs> That's so now, cool. See, now, now, if I said smart car, you go, oh, good for you. Or whatever. Uh, but, but like, uh, hang on. Sorry, my water, my water boiler is boiling. Shut up! Oh, um, you can hear it a little bit. It's, uh, well, that's why I turned it off, Dan. Are you okay this morning? Are you having some? Are you having like a a palsy? Or are you usually having... I can't hear the stuff when you talk about it. Last week what, people what you, were complaining because there was some truck backing up the whole episode. Let's see, you're speaking very odd, very odd exaggerations, literally. But what what what's happening with your with your morning, Dan? Are you having a good morning? Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. The weather finally changed a little bit here. It's not oh, good. What did it change from and to? Ridiculously hot to tolerable. Oh, good. That's good. Well, you know, I mean, it's, I figure over the last couple of years, you get so used to being in a constant st- state of uh, stressed out, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's modern life. It's life, I guess. But at least, you know, at least your power's on. At least you're not flooded. At least the COVID's less bad. I guess, you know, I guess that's good. Could be worse. Could be raining. It is raining. Remember, remember, remember that scene when Igor, it says, could be worse. He takes a little pause, and then he says to Dr. Frankenstein, he says, could be raining, because they're standing in a, in a grave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because it starts raining. <laughs> could be worse. Could be raining. 
So we're, uh, we we worked through, we're into the Daniel Craig. We saw the first oh. film. We completed the first film. So did you see the balls, the balls hit with rope on a turlet? Scene? Yeah, yeah, we lot. saw that again. And I hate that scene. I don't I'm like it either. I'm not even that sensitive about my junk. I barely have any to speak of. But that looks really, that's a big piece of rope to hit a man's junk with on a turlet. I am... Um, I, I can't imagine it, and and I, uh, I I'd make it through. I'd make it through part of one. Yeah, and then you'd and have by, to, the, you'd be by done. the time he was still doing his follow through. I'd be that's it. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm done. I died. Yeah, that's okay. So sorry, sorry, sorry. So this is uh, this is Casino Royale, the first Daniel Craig movie, and it is the movie that is. I don't want to say a prequel because I'm not sure that's whatever. Yeah, it is. It but, is a prequel, it, but includes the story of of uh, James Bond becoming a double O. Yeah, it starts in the very beginning, and you see him basically earning his double O status. Yeah, they call it getting jumped in, they call it. But he doesn't really, and this is, there's a moment in the film at the very, well, I don't want to spoil the film for people who still haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend you watch it. Good but night. I will say that it, it's only in the very, very last several seconds of the final scene when he truly adopts what we think of as the mantle of James Bond 007. He actually, I don't want to spoil it. No, he dances down the alley and then he looks at the camera and he says, I will become James Bond. That's right. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> he tips his hat. He does a little David Lee Roth hat spin. Bums and bums and bums. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. I can't keep a girlfriend even if I try. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to congratulate Eon Productions and Cubby Broccoli's legacy mm-hmm. because I feel mm-hmm. like this movie. Oh, the, Cubby Broccoli's an awesome name. Yeah. Um. The uh. The the. Um, I think maybe what I start calling my genitalia. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cubby Broccoli. It could. Be, I think it's okay. And his daughter created a production group. <laughs> but this movie. Oh, the Eon Productions. Is so. Chubby, bro- Chubby Broccoli is better, I guess. So, so know. much better than. And I never thought I would say this. When I first watched the oh. Bond films growing up, I, you know, I grew up in the Roger Moore era. Sure, sure, sure. So he was not like when, when someone says to you, who's your favorite Bond? That's mm-hmm. different from who is your Bond. Yeah. Ditto Doctor Who. Right. Um. And, and so Roger Moore was never my favorite Bond. Um, but the fact- <laughs> He was in a slightly different series. Yeah. And, than and it was- I mean, you know, Sometimes you say like, that actor was in a different movie than everybody yeah, else. Right. I mean, he's great for what he was, but it's- It's, uh, it's weird. One of those things, like, I don't want to be unkind, but it's sort of like saying, oh, I can't listen to Van Halen before Nino Betancourt. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. So like, you like that more- then David Lee Roth, and then you go, oh, no, I, I like, I even like it better than Sammy Hagar. And you're like, okay, I should go. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's amazing. I think if, if I get what you're saying, it's that it is kind of amazing that it's more than just a fun Bond movie. They are, they are more than just fun Bond movies. They're good movies. Yeah. The, the, you can't say that for every James Bond, and forgive my saying, including especially a lot of the later Roger Moore movies. Yeah, the later Which Roger are just Moore, James Bond movies and not very good James Bond movies, yeah. let alone not very good movies. Right. They're just bad all around. And and the weird thing is how they <clears throat> It were, feels like cocaine. It feels like there's a lot of cocaine. Involved. Well, th- when Pierce I feel like Pierce Brosnan came in and forget Daltrey. I didn't I was not a Daltrey fan. I don't dislike him. It's just Dal- there's Dalton. Dalton, You're thank get you. Notes. Yep. <laughs> Daltrey. 
<laughs> and uh, no one knows what it's like. <laughs> Could you imagine him as Bond? James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So, uh, but uh, but Meet when Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> same as the old M. <laughs> Brosnan comes in. I feel like Brosnan. Do you feel like Brosnan was good for the franchise, or was he not good for the, for the I've franchise? I've never seen a uh, a James Brosnan nor uh, a James. What's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Captain Riker. No. What's his name? I've never seen any of those two. You never seen a Pierce Brosnan Bond? I need to just have a code word that I can say to people, which is I think everybody should be excused of having to be aware of anything that happened when they were mostly in college. And or mostly yeah, poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was both poor and in college. So well, I'll like, save you some I, time. I saw, I saw, I saw Mighty Mouse. And if you've ever wondered, that's why I'm always saying. But that's enough of this wallowing in hypocrisy. Jay, uh, like uh, Mighty Mouse, Pee Wee, LL Cool J, REM. I'm activating the Winter Soldier. Sorry, there, these, there are things I know about, but people are like, "What do you mean? You never saw a different world?" <laughs> but mm-hmm. No, oddly enough, at the age of twenty, I never saw a different world while I was studying Rene Descartes. Mm, I did right. not have a ton of time to catch up on what I assume the girls are doing. Is that the one with Carlton and the dance? I didn't see that either. Either I did have the twelve inch. His parents just don't understand, but that's just because I like music. See, also QED. So. I'm going to save you and some people some time. <laughs> I like him. I like Dalton in Hot Fuzz very much. The only, there's, James Bonds, there's James Bonds in like two different Edgar Wright movies, and that makes me happy. The only Pierce Brosnan movie that you need to see or that the audience really needs to see is Goldeneye, which is the first uh, Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movie. And that's also the video game where it's considered cheating to play as odd job because you're too hard to hit. I Something like that. But apparently that video game, which I... Did, I've heard never, it's very good. I've never played. I've heard is like the best game uh, on that console on the platform. So I've heard. I heard the, the same. Yeah, but yeah. the movie is good, and that's the only one that you need to see. But now into the Daniel Craig, it's the it's a completely. It feels like a completely mm-hmm. different level of production quality, and and so the thing that I'm struggling with here, and this is what I've been talking to my kid about, and we were watching these together. As we're watching it, these movies, especially the older ones. James Bond would be in some kind of extreme peril or an important character would be in peril or, or even die. And my son would look at me kind of casually and say, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Mm. And I'd be like, like the state, the stakes, there's no connection. Right. Like I don't, I don't care if this character lives or dies. I don't care if James Bond lives or dies. I don't care if the movie resolves and whatever. And now we're watching these and I can see him like, He's into this. He's like into it. And I said, uh, I said, you're concerned for James Bond, aren't you? He's like, yeah, is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? You know, like, and, and it's, and so what we've been kind of talking about is did the movies originally when they came out and let's skip some of the later, Uh especially the later, um, you know, and go back to the earlier films and say the Sean Connery films, for example, did people feel, and I think the answer suspect the answer is yes. Did people feel about James Bond as played by Sean Connery in the early films, the way that many of us feel about Daniel Craig's James Bond in the modern films, like mm-hmm. rooting for him, excited, cool car that he's driving. You know, there were scenes where Sean Connery's driving around in the chase scene in a moon buggy. Uh, Roger Moore at one point is driving an old beat up bus. They give them the worst. He's a clown and you can see his knees in a bathtub. And how, how come we're supposed to like, 
care about that. And then you give us something mm-hmm. Daniel Craig, we get great <clears throat> vehicles, beautiful locations, great hotels, excited. Like it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. Um, yeah. And you were talking about this with regard to what was it effects? You had a similar sort of observation. We're talking about like, how did, how did this look in like 1972? Right. Yes. How did it look? But like, because like the effects in the latest films and the new films, they don't even look like effects. They all look real. Everything looks real. I, I mean, just off the dome, I think it's an interesting point. I I think about stuff like that all the time, Dan. I have like a whole like internal shameful history of thinking (laughs) impossibly weird things about stuff like this. Like, is it, I I guess, is it possible to make a movie where you legitimately couldn't tell what decade it was made? I think, you know, obviously there are people having fun with a concept like that. People like Guy Madden maybe and people, but you know what I mean? I I always have these thought experiments that run through my head with stuff like that. I think in this instance, I think it's a good observation. I think, I think the thing you're getting hundred percent right is to question, what did people think about this James Bond at that time? Yeah. Um, and so like, is he, is he a cad? Uh, is he actually kind of oddly veering into being pretty assaulty? Um, et cetera. Is he, is he cool? Is, do we buy the winkiness? I mean, Roger Moore's portrayal of James Bond becomes 90% winkiness. Like, did they buy that in Moonraker? Right. But I feel like alongside that, these are not two separate things. These are two related things. Number one, it's like, how do you feel? How do you feel about this James Bond? And like, how it's going, but like not to be all liberal arts, but like, I think the second part is that you also have to think about what do I think of this movie, given how I feel about movies right now? Okay. So let's, what's, what's a truly apocal movie. Let's take something like say 2001. I mean, you could obviously go all the way back to DW Griffith, <clears throat> but like, what are the films that are, were so large in the public imagination, uh, in mostly a positive way that were sometimes shockingly new and different. Like to this day, I still can't believe 2001 was ever made, let alone made as well as it was, let alone made as well as it was and released in 1968. It's still, turn off everything, turn off your phone, watch 2001. You're like, how did this movie ever get made? Yeah, It's completely bananas. And it's the influence of it is so long, but unlike good but lesser movies like saying hey don't email me but i love blade runner i don't think it's aged as well as a lot of people think i still love it i still think it's visually like stunning the performances i mean no movie hits me in the heart spots of youth quite like say escape from new york and blade runner but blade runner is one of those movies where its influence has been so vast that when you go back and watch blade runner you're sometimes like oh yeah yeah I don't know, man. I feel like this has been a lot of movies have done this now. Mm. 2001, you don't get that. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. some movies that are such a stunner, like such a, like a sock full of pennies to the back of the head. Uh, and so I think you go, okay, well, what do I think of this Roger Moore? But also like, how do I feel about the way they're handling this as a you know, movie qua movie, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. gets me to people thinking about Edgar Wright, where like Edgar Wright is having so much fun with genre. And like, you could say he's parodying, sending up, making fun of genres, but Hey, you got to really know, as my friend John Syracuse likes to remind me, I don't even understand Pearl enough to make fun of it, right? Whereas, like, he understands the cop movie genre, uh, Edgar Wright. Do you follow what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and sorry, I've, I've referenced him twice now. But I think, I, I, okay, so I think if you just look at the James Bond and you're pretty simple as a person, you would go like, oh, yeah, I like Roger Moore. It's 1978, and I have a pet rock, do-do-do. But another kind of person would go like, oh, like even as much as I'm enjoying this, like the disparity between how I feel about this character and performance as against how I feel about the way this movie is wired together, it didn't work for me. 
And so, you know, sometimes you get a four quadrant hit out of something like, oh my God, I love this character. The James Bond character is so fun. They've reinvented him with a very different sort of person playing him. He's a little bit more of a roughneck, mm-hmm. I think. Than a, the blunt, a blunt suave. instrument is how he was described in the novels. And um, Oh, that's good. But and, in the movies, most Bonds, most Bonds mostly, you could be excused for wondering if he was bi in college. Yeah. And and with Daniel, not that it matters, anything orientation related, except to say that, like, I think Daniel Craig is cut much more in the charming tough guy rather than the charming, charming guy. And, you know, it's like a lot of the Bonds, they get, they do one karate chop and then they they take a schwitz. You know, with, with Daniel Craig, it's gritty. Oh, yeah. I was talking about getting jumped in, but that's, that's a, I've seen the memory serves in a, in a bathroom where he's fighting this guy and it's pretty and it's real grainy i feel like the film's really grainy yeah yeah that's that, right that's a crazy ass scene it is so then but put that whole package together i don't know if this is making an ounce of sense but you put together how do i feel about this character how do i feel about the way this person is playing him or her and then how do i feel about the way that this movie stands alongside other movies and i think i don't dislike any of the daniel craig movies i think they're all really good I think part of the thing, and you laughed at me a bit when I said this, but I said in my household, the best James Bond movies are three different Mission Impossible movies. Because I think those are movies. Those are great movies. And I only say this because I'm trying to continue this pointless uh, two-track system that I'm employing here, which is like when I I watch the one where you you bring the oboe and you got to shoot the guy from the Joy Division movie Mm -hmm. and like all that stuff and then you smoke in a booth, blah, blah, blah. All this is going on and it's like I – it hits all of those for me. I, this is James Bond, well done. I love Ben Wishaw. I love uh, is it Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Ray Fiennes. Like all of these are really working for me. And like in in the one, what's the one I always watch? Um, not the Skyfall. I think it's Skyfall. Uh-huh. That's the one with the. Uh, that's the one with uh, with uh, with the guy with the guy from um, No Country for Old Men, right? Oh, oh yeah, Bardem that's is a bad right. guy with the yes, teeth. Yes, yes, yes. Oh god, you're that's such a that's my that's that's my favorite. I'm not to um, that one yet, but that's my looking favorite James Bond. Them. It's not only my favorite of the new ones; it's my favorite James Bond movie, and uh, I think it has it all. And anyhow, but look, I'm like to your point from 25 minutes ago. I'm deeply invested in the outcome of this. Like when he puts the shot glass on the girl's head, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not loving this, you know. Mm-hmm. And James Judy, Judy Dan, she's gonna get in trouble. She's gonna get in trouble because they're making it look like you know she's uh, sending packets. You know, from her office That's and whatnot. Right. And Ben Wishaw, my God, that guy's so charming. Um, I totally agree with you. What was I watching where this was super relevant recently? It's it is funny how some stuff Oh yeah, of course. I, I, I had a I I've been going through a transition period. Last week I announced that uh I changed favorite TV shows and I'm ready to admit it. Okay. Since probably 2005, mm. I have uh, declaimed that my favorite TV show is The Wire, which is, I mean, I think it's it's comically cliche to say that that's your favorite show because it, it was so good and had such an impact. And I, I connected with it super emotionally because we watched it over and over and over when my wife was pregnant because we couldn't watch SVU anymore. And uh, I officially last week changed my favorite TV show of all time to this three-season HBO TV show um, – the Leftovers, which I am now re 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 watching and trying to get my kid to watch. And the movie's astonishing. Like every episode, each episode, you're like, are you kidding me? Like this, it's crazy. And I, I turned to my wife last night and I was just like, there's no other time probably that this could have been made any time, any way near the way it turned out if it hadn't been 
at that whatever the you know late or the what would that be the yeah it's only like a few years ago like five years ago on HBO nobody would have let Damon Lindelof and Tom Parada oh, yeah. get away with the, the insanity of this show um and so but like and that's a rarity to be able to go back and go like no 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 I still feel that way about this and I don't think it's just nostalgia nostalgia can make us love anything and that can taint us a little bit mm -hmm. because the truth is like John, I, I like to have fun with John Syracuse about this. Um, like, for example, like about John Hughes movies in particular, because he, he, I think, very earnestly says, hey, you know, there's a lot of problems with these movies. I'm not going to use the adjectival version of that, but these movies have problems. And I said, they yeah, do, but, you know, Grandma's just he's asking Dong, you know, where's Grandpa's automobile? <laughs> <laughs> Dong. Now, okay, <laughs> that's problematic. <laughs> Grandpa's automobile is a funny phrase. Automobile, right? Um, those are not aged very well. No. Not really. No, not really. I they mean, were very much of their of their time. Porkies, you know, Porkies. stuff like that, like that kind of, or like any of those, like teen, silly teen. I mean, how many of those really stand up? I'm I'm not even going to watch saying anything again because I think there's probably no way that movie is as good as I remember it being. No, I don't want to ruin the memory of saying anything by watching it. So charmed by everybody, you know, kickboxing, sport of the future. You know, Diane Court, I wrote a song about Diane Court in the 90s mm. about about like finding this this woman that, you know, you'll never be worthy of. Um, and the, the chorus just goes, uh, I wish I could be good enough for Diane Court. And uh, I love that movie so much. Kickboxing. You know what? The J no, Jake. What is that his name? Who's the little kid? You got the dumb, creepy thing. Yeah. OK, take the scene. Take the scene. Trench coat. Outside, mm. holding up a Peter Gabriel boombox outside yeah. somebody's window. If somebody did that to my daughter, admittedly, probably, you know, another young woman, I would lose my mind. What are you doing? We're trying to sleep and you're blasting Peter Gabriel out of the window. That's really creepy. Oh, you know what, Dan? I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. And, and to, it's very upsetting to me. Just to add that, that is the song. That Sorry, was, that went off a little bit. I it was playing when they, were, um, yeah. when they were intimate with one another. When they were in, are you talking about, uh, talking about, uh, about, uh, uh, say wait, anything, the movie, say anything. Oh, Diane and what's his name? Lloyd. Lloyd, Lloyd Dobler. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, what music was that? Say anything. What's the name of the song? I mean, it's in your eyes. Peter Gabriel. Oh, oh, they, <clears throat> I see. The light, the heat. That's yeah. what was playing. That's what he played on the boombox, and that's what was and? playing when they became intimate for the first time, and that's why he was playing it on the the boombox. Huh. When he when he said to her, "I want to be your sledgehammer," that <laughs> is what was playing. That's exactly what was playing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She so Now that's a good song. Uh, Games Without Frontiers. Dan, have I ever made you watch <clears throat> the uh, the commercial with Margaret Margaret Qualley uh, dancing in it? Have I ever asked you to watch the video where Margaret Qualley is dancing and I believe uh, a Japanese perfume commercial? Have you ever seen it? I do not think that it's okay I to have. say no. It's totally fine to say no. There's no there's no consequences to this. I'm not even going to make you watch it. I just wanted to mention it. I make my family watch it almost every day. Did you know that that Jennifer <clears throat> Connelly tried out for the role of Diane? Uh, I think well. that would not be terrible. I think she could have done it. I like her. She's a good she, actor. Especially yeah, the young, <clears throat> especially the younger Jennifer Connelly. The problem is that she gets 
Well, no. Anyway, she's great. But there's something about Ione Skye. Like when she's, I always, for some reason in that movie, I always remember, and again, I have not watched this in probably 15 years, but I love when she's talking about her fear of flying. I love when she talks about like, that if there there was a baby on the plane, she knew it would be okay. I just think she, she, (laughs) not only is that exactly the kind of dumb shit that I I say, but I don't know. I mean, like I make wagers with God all the time about my future title and uh she just but her performance to that her expressions her tone she's so great also related it'll please you all to know now this is going to sound really strange uh, unless you're a real head also ioni sky is in a harvey danger uh video where she hog ties uh our mutual co-host john roderick i did not know that Look for a video. Unfortunately, it's not a super good copy I found on YouTube, but it's a very fun video. Check out uh, Sad Sweetheart of the Rodeo or the Rodeo. (laughs) The Marlboro Man died of cancer, and he wasn't a rocket scientist when he was alive. Ha, ha, ha. I love Sean. Sean's the best. Um, Check out Sad Sweetheart of the Rodeo by uh, Harvey Danger. It features Ioni Sky and friend of the show, John Roderick. And that's a good get over there. <clears throat> it's early. I haven't had coffee. I'm just having my uh, my iced tea. I'm having my uh, my Tejana iced tea. Mm, mm, mm. Well, where are we at? Twenty four fifty seven. Yeah. Did you want to tell me about something you like? Yeah, I'd like to tell you a little bit about uh, Red Hat. Red Hat's Red compiler, and in, in fact, compiler mm. is uh, it's a very cool new podcast coming out of the Red Hat uh, institution. And they're talking about tech topics. They talk about everything, big, small, strange. And uh, these are the same people who make Command Lines Heroes. It's hosted by Angela Andrews. And I hope I'm saying Brent's last name right. No one ever, when last time we ran this ad, I said the name and no one came back and said, and Dan, you said it wrong. Sometimes computer people can be very, very Simon O is how I'm going to pronounce it. Wait, say the whole name. Brent Simon O. S I M O N E A U X. Oh, how do you say si- Simon O? Right. Right. Uh, well, I mean, if I were going to go really, really swing for the fences, I would say Simono. Simono. But I don't know. I don't know. I barely speak Espanol, uh, let alone en Francais. Well, compiler unveils industry topics and trends and things that you've always wanted to know about tech through interviews with the people who know it best. So you're going to hear. A lot of different perspectives from diverse communities behind Merlin, behind the code, get behind the code, behind the code, behind the code, instead of behind no the scenes. No one knows what it's like <laughs> to, to space and tab this, to compile this behind the code. So Merlin, they ask questions and try to answer them. Like hmm. what is technical debt? What That's are, a good thing to do with a question is answer it. I totally agree. What are tech hiring managers actually looking for? And like, do you... Mm-hmm have to know how to code to get started in open source. I'll give you a hint. The last one's the answer. No, they got a show on that one. They've got an episode. F- so the first episode that they came out That's with so is a great one. That's so interesting. I was trying to set up an, uh, I was trying to set up a VPN in the cloud and I was wondering that very same thing. I was like, if I just paste things into terminal, like I used to do with Dan stuff, will I be able to set up a VPN? <laughs> That's right. So they asked the question, should managers code? It's great. I mean, you know, you're a manager. You're like, oh, I know how to fix this. I'm just going to jump in and fix it. But then do you, do you, should you? So they have a manager on there who comes in and says, you know what? The best way 
is to support the team to fix the problem. Anyway, these are just some of the topics that they talk about. So if you're in software development, this is one I've really enjoyed listening to. They talk about interviews. They have like a, the scenario of like you walk into an interview. I don't know if, if you had to do this in your jobs, but I did and I hated it where they have a interview problem like written up on a whiteboard. And they're like, right. Oh, like how many, how many, code, like a Google, how like a Google would, question. Yeah. Like how many how 18 wheelers you could you fit this? in a kiddie pool? That kind of thing. Yeah. And like, how often do you do that in real life? Never. Anyway. So go check this out. You go to redhat.com slash compiler podcast, redhat.com slash compiler podcast. But you can listen to compiler on Apple podcasts or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Dan, if you can't listen to it anywhere, it's not really a podcast. I see. See, I agree with you. No, if this was Twitter, I'd go this. Um, Yes, absolutely. And it's compiler. You can find it anywhere. And it's so you listen to a couple episodes of this and you know how to code. Is that right? Now I, now I know how to code. I can go work. Am I saying it wrong? You know, you just from literally from listening. To it. Is it just compiling, or can you also can you also learn how to? Uh, what about push and pull? Can you push and pull. You become a human compiler if you listen. To this. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And that's just from listening to a podcast anywhere called Compiler. Tell them where to find it. One last time. Redhat.com slash compiler podcast. Thanks, compiler. Bok bok. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's a little utility that I found that I wanted to mention. I know we're going to be talking about utilities extensions. You don't know what we're talking about. You don't like know that. what we're talking about. What are you talking about knowing what you're talking uh, about? I will put it into the show notes. It is Send it. I am on the links page right now. Right now. There it is. Um, it's called uh, 12 Foot. It is 12ft.io, but it's in our show notes. 12 Foot. What? And basically, oh, this what a cool looking site! Yeah, it's fun. Oh, I love, I like this. So oh, I you, just, I don't know, I just, it's nice to see like hand drawn or seemingly hand drawn graphics on a web page. I love it, it. Isn't it fun? I do too. It really, hum- like, I don't know. Maybe I'm simple, but it humanizes things. I Remo- agree. Tell me how this works, Dan. All right. What in the hell? So there are a lot of uh, websites, news sites, and things like that that are paywalled. And so I tweeted like if about. You, go and you land on a Bloomberg page. Blue- which I, which I, Bloomberg. 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 I rarely land there because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get something that takes up the lower third of my screen right. saying, this is your first of, uh, this is your third of three articles this month. And I'm like, right. I don't remember looking at any of these. Uh, that's the problem. And also, also check out the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Also, also, how about a marketing email newsletter? Also, no, I don't like want to, mind, to be up to date Dan, and receive the news. would you like to mine cryptocurrency? Click to continue. Mm-hmm. There's a tiny, tiny, tiny little X somewhere. <laughs> well, these, uh, this site. I wanted to do that. So can I say one thing? Yeah. I, I wanted to do this. Okay. I, I, I tweeted about this a million years ago. I'm never going to tweet about it again because I don't like, I don't, uh, my tweets delete. I don't care. Wall Street Journal, according to all a lot of people that I like and admire, said they had a series a week or two ago about Facebook that was one of the best things they've read all year. And everybody kept talking about it. Oh, my God, Wall Street Journal, Facebook, the Facebook files, beep boop. You've got to check this out. And like, and I'm like, am I, am I just dumb? Am I cheap? Am I counter-revolutionary? Why is it almost every time anybody links to anything at the Wall Street Journal, I get a paragraph and a half and then a slow fade to white because it's the Wall Street Journal, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really wanted to read these articles and not just because I like to bag on Facebook. I mean, I think that should probably replace baseball as a national pastime, but I really wanted to read these. So the quality of the writing and what they talked about was supposedly very well done. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, how many of you goddamn people are paying 
for a subscription to the goddamn Wall Street Journal. Because for my own reasons, like, there's no goddamn way that I'm going to give money to Rupert Murdoch. Right. <laughs> Personally, right? Yeah. And, but I know there used to be a trick. This finally leaked. There used to be a trick that there was a well-known, deliberately in the wild, left in the wild login that journalists could use to get into the Wall Street Journal. And I remember hearing that and of course, by the time you hear that this exists, you're hearing it because it's been no longer existing. They removed it. Dan, how are people reading the Wall Street Journal right now? Are they fibbing or are they paying or are they cheating? I mean, this, this is our new our new daytime game show, Fib, Pay or Cheat. I think I think they're using this tool to read it because here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you yeah. if you ever go onto the social websites, you know, the Twitters, what have you. When you get to one of those, there'll be a person sharing a link and they share the link in this sort of smug, know-it-all, grandstanding oh, kind of showboating kind of what, oh, Lou, it's so funny oh. the conclusions this article comes to, paste oh. URL now of article. Do, now do Melania Trump. Oh. And then you click the link and you get the first three sentences of it and then you get all the oh. stuff that you just described. Oh. Dan, I re <clears throat> I remember you hate stuff like this. I don't you like hate stuff not like that. Things. It drives you nuts. And the thing is, you, to me, like, you don't like it when people put a photograph from a movie without or TV show without telling you what it's from. You also that's hate the that. Worst. That's the worst. But <clears throat> what I feel right. like is that these people are standing on top of some kind of privilege that they don't know that they have. And so, uh, for example, well, I'm a subscriber. I guess if you're not really that interested in the news, you don't you don't this have is to an subscribe. Extremely read. good voice, Dan. Please never stop doing that voice. That's a I very good voice. Keep doing it Maybe for the rest of the show if you'd if you'd like me to. <gasps> oh my god, you sound really smart. Well, thank you. I uh, I have a subscription to New York Times. Oh, geez, Louise. That's, and that's why uh, I sound this way now. No, I just activated it. Oh, so yeah. if you can't we can't read the article, I guess you can't really oh, join in oh. on the conversation, can you? Can't uh, be really part be, of it. So. Discourse problem sucks to be you. Yeah, I was trying to invite you to have an intelligent dialogue, but apparently you don't have the uh, accessible resources uh, to you don't have the speak tools, You can't build the ladder. Um, in this case, so what this is, it says, show me a 10-foot paywall. I'll show you a 12-foot ladder. Right. And I, I'm just staring at these, this cool drawing. God, I wish I could draw. So you, um, you paste the URL into this little blank, and uh -huh. it will remove the paywall, or you... You prepend 12foot.io slash in front of anything in your address bar, and this site will do its best to strip off the paywall. Now, what's interesting mm -hmm. is periodically certain sites will come in and out of their uh, this this site's ability to unpaywall them. So, for example, right now mm -hmm. it says works with the Economist, the Guardian, Business Insider, yeah, and, and Medium, it's, it's and many more. It's pretty simple. There, it says here they're they're using the cached version from Google, and if that cached version right. is paywally, which it's probably not, because you know as we'll probably talk about a little bit today, there's a lot of uh, seemingly small ways in which Google screws up a lot of stuff mm -hmm. by, by doing something that they where they they have their reasons for doing what they do, but but sometimes we get to benefit from things that Google does. And there's anyway, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm cutting you off, no, and I'm saying something irrelevant. But Google has lots of ways that they like to do things that are not always the most user friendly way to do things. Yes, and so this site will do that. There is also an extension that you can get that I think it costs two bucks or it's, I don't mm -hmm. know something like that 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 will do this for you. But it does not work with some sites, and it is recently. I I want to say I feel that maybe this is just a like I'm I, I can't remember 
But I feel like this used to work with the New York Times and now it doesn't because I tried an article from the New York Times today and it said it was disabled for it. But I don't I not I can't I don't know. It's strange how that stuff is. Um, as I'll get to possibly today, uh, I, I run a lot of things that you could call them content blockers, but really they're ways of like kind of filtering what happens on a website is the way that I would put it. Mm. Maybe. Um, but for example, like uh, and and I mean like I don't I'm sorry to sound touchy about this, but I I, I am somewhat touchy about the criticism about taking bread out of somebody's mouth by not running ads. Well. What do I pay for? I pay, I, and I'm not trying to flex, but I do pay for New York Times, Washington Post, New Yorker, Atlantic, and Daily Beast are the ones I could think of off the dome. Oh, and Slate, also Slate. Wow, that's a lot. Um, but but it is it is maddening to me how often, like, or like I have to like re-log in, especially at Daily Beast. It used to be especially at Washington Post, but that got fixed. But Slate and Daily Beast, anytime I go to a page, I have to re-log in, and it kind of drives me a little bit crazy. The other one that's weird to me is like when I go to a CNN page, because sometimes, you know, there's actual, there's, I mean, if you haven't checked, there's writing on the CNN site and I can never <laughs> Instapaper it. Instapaper will not work on the site, I don't think. And so I'll say reload without content blockers. I'll do all these things. I think it will work if I do that less elegant thing of, of copying the URL and then pasting it into the app. It'll work, but it's just strange what'll work where and when. And and so the reason I'm I'm sounding touchy about this, you'll understand more in a minute. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take money away from anybody. We can't all buy everything all the time. And, and certainly just because we don't have, you know, five dollars doesn't mean it doesn't oh well, in America it means you're not entitled to eat. But like I'm not saying that we should steal from your local grocer, you know, let alone Ralph's, but it's complicated. They want you to read this stuff. I mean, Dan, if you're if you were still in your three article Bloomberg limit and you ran this, would that be more egregious than running it when you're outside your three article limit? It's just it's all it's just it's all just so weird. And like it, the, the result is it's also extremely hostile. How long well, have you been using this? Uh, only Sorry. only the week since I was introduced to it. And it's been really, really handy and really great for a lot of things. And, you know, I feel like like, I understand the idea of giving you like two or three articles for free and then the rest of them cost something like I, that seems like a reasonable thing. But I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we don't like the advertising on the Web has just become such a weird thing. I mean, we went we've gone through several stages of it where, you know, the first stage was <clears throat> banners and then it was banners and pop ups and then it was banners and like those half page ads and now it's you know it's like they can't really figure out something that people really really like and in reality i actually think and this is sounding weird but people are moving away from websites uh, the way that we used to everything was a website in, in a variety of ways right i mean, I mean we've like, got podcasts we've got social media we've got well, instagram we've got tons you got facebook of, right. facebook is a platform it's not a website it's as we all saw when blah 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 see also last week's crash whatever it's called right um, but but no, you're you're absolutely right, and that, that's been happening for years, and it's why I I treasure things like you know like I keep saying over and over a, a blog like Mac Drifter, for example. Like there's so few independent websites that I'm really excited about right now, and maybe that's partly just because I don't spend as much time as I should looking for them. But when I see something like Syracuse has posted something or you know whatever, it's it's a really nice feeling, not just nostalgia, but I like I like the careful voice of an independent smart person. It makes me happy. 
but I think you're absolutely right moving away. But like that's but that also and this is one reason I have a beef with phrases like ad blocker is like if you had something called an ad blocker in 2000, let's say maybe two, that meant that you had pro you were probably on Firefox and you were probably using. Uh, oh, shoot. Was that, what was that one everybody used on Firefox? The like the OG. Um, filtering program it was like a, was it Phoenix or anyway, damn. But basically, it was it was a very simple pattern matching device that just said, "Hey, uh, is there an IAB sized unit on this page? If so, don't show it." Mm -hmm. That was an ad blocker. But, <laughs> buddy, we are a long way from worrying about blocking ads. The, the, I mean, basically, that would be like calling skin cancer a troublesome scab. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. I can put a Band-Aid over that and not see it, but that's not going to keep it from metastasizing. Um, that's the gross part. Yeah. And is the, the super gross part is it's one thing to say, like, oh, I ran banner ads on 43-fold. Well, I, don't, I have to be honest with you. I don't know what happened with, with that data. I think it wasn't really a time when people were doing a lot with people's data. Yeah. But I'm much less confident of that today oh, because yeah. partly what you're describing, which is that who knows how deep the roots go into that platform. It's not a matter of just seeing a graphic, you you know, the X10 camera pop up or whatever. Yeah. That's that is frustrating <laughs> and that that is annoying, but but like if if anybody wanted to make a good faith have a good faith conversation about this, you'd be hearing the part of no it's the ability to like. It's creepy to me that the, the company like Facebook can triangulate so much about me. It's maybe ten times creepier to me that there's not even a compunction anymore about admitting that that data is sold and passed around <laughs> to other places for what purpose? Like, pretty. You really do get into an Ouroboros eating its own Ouroboros, where you're like, okay, well, why do you do that? Well, to do better ad targeting. Okay, well, then what does the ad targeting do? Oh, the ad targeting uh, makes it, uh, it gives us a more sophisticated, you know, view into how ad viewing like leads you to buy products. Wait, okay, so the ads give better ads to give better ads to give better. Who buys those ads? Well, we're not sure. Some people buy ads. It's actually not a not very lucrative right now, except for large brands. It's not. It's it's not like uh, you know your local mom and pop you know parking lot is going to be buying a ton of ads nationally on face on Facebook. That's a very old model. I don't know. It it is weird. It's weird and it's creepy. And you get to the point where you're like, okay, I nominally understand the desire. Like I used to have, have an open source. I used to use an open source ad serving site when I was doing an experiment on forty three folders. Yeah, and it was pretty. It was pretty neat. This also goes for some Amazon affiliate stuff. And there was a lightweight sort of API for these sorts of things to say, well, like when you're in this section, like here's an easy one. If you notice, uh, let's say, now productivity is a bad one, a notebook. If you notice, like these, this, these 16 words uh, in the in the um, the folder tree for the site. If you, so in other words, you're on this page and you see that they're in the tag for notebooks. Well, maybe you could suggest a notebook or a pen or something like that, which I, I could see why people would think that's gross. But boy, that is so wholesome compared to what we're getting closer to now. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's also weird. I, I There's a bit on Roderick Online. I think we're probably transitioning into the next part, but I was a bit on Roderick Online where we were joking about, uh, you know, buying a CPAP machine and this yeah. and that. And John was talking about this site called MyChart. And while he was talking, 
I went and started an account there, and it does that weird thing, that powered by Experian thing. Oh, I don't. Yes, I know exactly. I've only what gotten you're this maybe about. three times ever, 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 but it's so gross. I guess people with good credit run into this more often. A lot. Yeah, yeah, because you got good credit. Like if you don't have good credit, like you're not running through this kind of shit all the time. Why would I even bother to apply for that? But I go in and um, and it says just it's so bizarre. It's almost not surreal. Dada. Where it'll say, first of all, it's just super weird. Like this could be Java for all I know. This really weird looking box, because I'm sure it's very secure. And secure things are ugly. You can tell because it's ugly. And it says, <clears throat> um, what is it? It was like, hi, you recently bought pet insurance for a pet. Choose from these five selections the name of the pet that you bought pet insurance for. And it's like Bilbo, Dildo, Hildo, Grildo, and does not apply, not true. I was like, uh, five. Like, I've never, what? I didn't buy for, I didn't buy dildo insurance. Like, what? what? It was okay. Take us to the next one. Like, you, um, but you know what I'm talking about, Dan? Like, what's another example of this? Really, so it used to be they would ask you stuff like dumb, those terrible security question things, like your high school, your maiden name, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now it asks you something that exists in a file about you somewhere. But, the beauty part is, like, it's it's really weird. It's difficult to predict, I assume, unless somebody has that file, which probably everybody does. But like, hey, we don't want to let you, we don't want to allow you to open it uh, to get a new mortgage in, unless you can answer like how many inches the rims on your car is. And I would have to go, I don't own a car. Correct. You're like, what a weird system. Yeah. It's so so all that stuff is out there, and you know, it's I don't know. And I I I, I, I have I'm beyond the peak freak out about this stuff that I and a lot of people had a few years ago. Well, I'm still not fully resigned to like, you know, getting pounded by all these companies for pennies. It still bums me out, especially when it makes it difficult to do the stuff that I like to do or that I, let's just even say need to do. Um, what are some, anyway, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those, Very those much. kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. And just that notion that, I mean, do we even have to, reference the fact that a lot of what's happening inside of businesses and inside of websites is not, it's not in your best interest, just to say the very least. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? I mean, yeah. and there's very much a spectrum here. Like, let's just say at a very far end of the spectrum is a spear phishing thing you clicked on that's <laughs> now, you know, mining Bitcoin on your family or whatever. <laughs> right. Like there, there is the extreme far end of skeeziness but and then on the other far end is something that's like where you can see like, oh, my God, my my menu bar says there's no trackers here and there's no nothing. And, you know, and I don't it's not a, it's not an Amazon thin affiliate site that's, you know, posing as a review site, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, top 10 flat bottom walks. And, and you see it waiting for a minute while it turns on the API to generate the list of the top 10 sellers on Amazon. Uh, and like I'm not trying to sound smart, but I'll bet you there's at least one person that you know right now that has no idea that's what happening happens that seo it, seo at, at a for a very brief period of time used to mean this is back to this issue of what google does for its benefit and its user benefit well one of the things that was beneficial about google in the early days was what made google google well um google became google because it not only had results that were uh very good very high quality in terms of like competing with AltaVista for being able to give you the thing that you wanted, even though you may not have known where to go for it. But it was also PageRank, which in the early days was such a brilliant idea, which is like, there's a secret sauce in the world, which is that sites that you trust link to sites that they trust. And so there's a credibility thing. 
And if like a lot of sites link to this one site and all those sites are pretty cool sites, we're going to get that high page rank. We're going to give this a five, a six, a seven or whatever. And then that's going to show how high it ranks on the page. Well, then SEO became the blackest black art. And no offense against you wonderful SEO people, but like it's there's a reason that, that searching for best flat bottom walk is a part of my process, but certainly not the full part of that mm, process. Mm-hmm. There's things that there are purchases one could make in this world who have sponsored podcasts on which I co-host that were obviously doing some jazz with search returns. Uh-huh. Why am I saying all of this? Because I don't think people always know that or they don't always remember that. And even if you do always remember that, it's still sucks. Mm-hmm. So I've talked here about things like, for example, um, I'm getting to a point in a second, but just to kind of like make this transition, I talked before about uh, meta, uh, Review Meta and FakeSpot, which are uh, sites that take uh, re- similar but different approaches to evaluating how much you should trust a given review on Amazon. Okay, so I go to Amazon and I see this thing it has four and a half stars and 25,000 reviews. But isn't it funny that when I run that through Review Meta or FakeSpot, it goes, oh, no, we're going to give the quality of that review a C because scroll, scroll, scroll for more. Well, it's really mostly all you need to know if you trust these, these uh, services uh, being you know, Review Meta and FakeSpot. But if you do scroll down, it's going to say, okay, believe me, there, there's some weird stuff going on with this. Like there, this is being reviewed by a lot of people that only review this brand of product. Like <laughs> that's kind of strange. Yeah. So, but look at the very first thing that that did is it just gave me a really interesting extra bit of data. Amazon tells me, let's say, for example, Amazon tells me that this thing has 7,000 reviews with an average review of four stars. Boy, that seems really good. But then FakeSpot and ReviewMed are going to say, yeah, but independent of what they claim is the average review, we're going to give that average review a grade. Now, see, I, I really feel like sometimes people don't exactly understand. Like, people will get the idea of running it through fake spot and go, oh, okay, this one gets an A. I'll buy that one. No, the A is going to the quality of the review and rating. So it's watching the, the Watchmen, if you like. Okay, now, <laughs> would Amazon prefer that that be a thing that everybody is running all the time? No, because spoiler alert, uh, spoiler alert featured product is frequently not the one that gets the A, believe it or not. The people who have bought the end cap that week are, don't always fare very well. And Amazon would probably just as soon prefer that that piece of information not be out there. Now, is that information along the lines of the DVD encryption, encryption number, cracking code? You know, how there's, you know, that, that thing, there's been many podcasts about it, the illegal number. Mm-hmm. But there is an illegal number. And that number is a prime number that allows you to crack a DVD. And so just the existence of a number has legal implications. Okay. No, it's not even that weird. It's much less weird. This information can be derived. It is known, right? So we're going to use, we got this special secret sauce because, and why can we do that? Well, we can do that because up to 10,000 reviews, I believe, can be scraped from Amazon and analyzed. Okay, so far so good. Now, Amazon would probably just assume you not have that. In fact, I think Amazon could very much say, if you go read the terms, I don't know, I'm not going to read the terms. I'm sure there's, I know there's terms. There's always terms. Um, but I anal, you know, I am, I am not a lawyer. And I'm not going to go read the terms, but I'll bet you dimes to donuts. There's something in the terms that says you're not allowed 
you're not allowed to use these reviews to derive a letter grade, right? Um, but that information exists. Pretty much every web page, it's pretty sure, unless it's using some pretty, either very old or very new technology, yeah. almost every website you look like is HTML that's being rendered in a browser. Mm-hmm. That HTML is, is uh, what we call source code. Source code has usually, if you're lucky, a, a structure or a pattern to it. There are things that appear. There are ways that you can build things like scrapers. Dr. Drang had a post the other day. We've all built scrapers of one kind or another. But a thing like, for example, where you could point, you could say, uh, like, a lot of you may not know that you can do this. Did you, the listener, know that you can do this with Google Sheets? That there is, at least there used to be, I, I assume there still is, a formula where it's a formula on Google where you can point it to a web page and you provide a number. Then that number is the position of the, go to the fourth table on this page and grab all the data and pull it into Google Sheets. That's right in Google, right? Meaning, you could say, you could take a wiki, and I, there's, there's other sites like this that have taken this to the next level, but just even in your good old pal Google Sheets, you could say, point to this page about United States population and, and, um, and scrape that table. That's just a little command with two what, attributes? What would you call it? Not attributes, but uh, terms. Where you just say, go to this, here, here the one, one thing in quotes is the URL, another thing in quotes is the table, and I think that's mostly it. And it does the rest, right? So, are you doing anything nefarious there? Are you, are you cracking? Are you hacking? Are you, are you <laughs> testing the doors on parked cars? No, you're no. you're not. You're just taking stuff that is there and deriving new information about that from what is there, and then causing something to be different as a result. This is this is a very long intro, and I'm sorry. I got to keep this short. Uh, the, we just had the one our one friend uh, compiler is our is our sponsor this week. Yes, yeah, that's them. All right, I can blow through the rest of this pretty yeah, fast. Let's can knock, I, knock can it I, out. Yeah, hit it. Uh, roll. Yeah, all right. So, so what I I've, in the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking a lot about browser extensions. Uh, and obviously, I've been, I guess, talking a fair amount about browser extensions. I wanted to mention, I had a big breakthrough, huge week uh, this week with a couple, few new things that I found. And it's, it's made me sort of return to just kind of thinking about from first principles, like why we have or need browser extensions. And I think the short version, I mean, it's kind of obvious. If you were there for, the glory days of Mozilla and Firefox. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll remember uh, those early days of what you could do with an extension on Firefox. It was really the Wild West. It was the first browser I remember using. It might have been Mozilla, but I want to say Firefox. Um, when things got so interesting, where you were able to do so many things, like like I said a minute ago, where you could block content based on things like the size of the image, and then that became okay. But like, what if we also added an element where you could click on that extensions button and then click somewhere on the page and something would happen as a result of that. Meaning it would traverse the tree or the DOM or whatever, the tree of that page. And you could say the the kind of obvious one is, oh, this is a um, internally run ad that doesn't conform to the usual path stuff that would block this as an ad. So maybe that could be something, or just could be something you don't want to see. Maybe go look up Neil Breen's Wikipedia picture. Like, uh, I'll put it in show notes, but Neil Breen's Wikipedia uh, picture, like many Wikipedia photos, is very upsetting. Maybe you don't want to see that. But if you click on that, Firefox, in that case, has a variety of ways to know, okay, Dan doesn't want to see this image anymore. It's an image of this size. It's part of this path. And it's in this position, right? Mm -hmm. Those all mean something, right? Like, 
the, so, the, so the thing is, in this, like we we uh, we all learned a lot about uh, uh, child abuse photos over the summer with the whole Apple thing, and explaining how Apple's idea was that we you know we can find stuff from this corpus of really gross photos that a bunch of not very nice people have. And without regard to, did you make it black and white? Did you change the size? All of those things. Um, sorry, I'm just going to text. Um, but what if it could do all of those? Mm-hmm. So if it was different sizes, if it changed. But like the big one is like, I know that when something has this ID or um, what is it, IDs and spans or like whatever, when I when it has the following characteristic, that's meaningful. And this is what, where for years we've been able to improve the way things work, not just to quote unquote block ads, but to make things the way that we would like on the web. So I guess what I wanted, I just wanted to like pitch this idea that like, because I've been thinking about it a lot, that sometimes leads me to go back and kind of reevaluate what it is I'm trying to do here. So wh- why do we even have web extensions? Well, I think most people, so, so uh, sorry, browser extensions. Oh, I think most people would say, if they're being generous, they would say because you want to be able to control and block content. And I think a lot of people would say more specifically, I want to block ads. If you disagree, go to the Mac App Store and go to extensions and show me most of what you see there, especially in like the featured section. It's ad blockers. It's content blockers of different kinds. Are content blockers ad blockers? Yes. Are all content blockers ad blockers? Absolutely not. It's just that, that that's the fish food, as David Siegel says, that brings you to that product. Anyhow, why do we need these things? I think in the most basic way, it comes down to the fact that we're using a computer. And one thing that you learn about computers is if you're a little bit curious and you have a spare minute, you can sometimes make something a lot easier to do on a computer, which is really cool. And I think one of the, there's a couple of things I think of as that most extensions do. The number one thing most extensions do that they're like just garden variety extensions are that they facilitate like so much stuff, especially on a Mac. It wants to make it easier for you to get something from here to there and to get something from there to here. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm looking at this article that I want to read later. And if I click the button for this extension called Instapaper, it will put that into a notional pile. Oh, okay, but like it takes you to the website? No, 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 it doesn't. It's doing all of that. There's basically a pop-up, and then it's gone. And I know with confidence, unless it's CNN.com, I know it is going to be in that pile when I'm ready to go and look at it on Instapaper. Isn't that pretty cool? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm on a page, and I want this to be bookmarked. I realize this has been around for a little while. I don't know how Instapaper was started or who did it, but I know it's been around for a while, and I still use it. You know what else is neat, though? My Instapaper account is also hooked up with my Pinboard account. So everything that I am on a page, I send it to Instapaper without me having to do anything that also gets added to Pinboard with the right tag. It makes it private, et cetera. That also now makes it extremely searchable. Take this and put it there. Sometimes you want to take something that's there and put it here. You know what's a good example of that? A login, your username and your password. So if you use something like LastPass or I use 1Password, whatever it is, I would prefer not to have to go to the 1Password app and copy and paste several times you know, because I got a unique password for each thing, like like an adult has, right? So that's great. All I have to do, I hit command, whichever that slash is, and mm-hmm. it fills it in for me. Right. Handy. I never know. One of them tags things in task paper, and the other thing, it's the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're called, but still. And then, so take this and put it there. Take that there and put it here. Uh, a million other things like that. And one that I, you know, I we had a nice visit with, uh, for my wife's birthday, we visited, um, with some beloved family members, and hmm. and as is sometimes the case, because I like Apple stuff and I'm a little bit of a performer, I got to do some magic tricks for them. 
with photography and was showing them things that they didn't know about in 15 uh, and some stuff they just didn't know about in general. So I was like, hey, you know, you can turn off. If you don't want the location bar at the bottom, you can turn that off. And they're like, are you kidding me? Oh my God, I was ready to get an Android phone. I'm like, no, 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 I can, you can turn that off. Not obvious. We did that. I showed them, for example, here's one we were talking about because it happened to be my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, honey. Um, because it was her birthday, we were talking about how for every gift, and I know this is not novel, but think about this. Um, every gift giving uh, event in advance of that, mainly Christmas and my kid's birthday. Right. Um, I make a, sh I make a note called, uh, called, you know, Eleanor or Emma now today, Emma Christmas 2021. And I share that Apple note with my wife. Okay. When my wife's birthday is coming up, I make one called mom birthday 2021. And I share that with my daughter. Oh, great. Great genius. You figured out how to make Google docs on Apple. It's like, yeah, yeah sure. Okay, cool. But, but did you know this? Like, did you, yeah, if you know, you know, you know, but like, did you know? And I told this to my family and they lost their goddamn minds because they did not know. Okay. You're on a page. You want to share it with your spouse or your friend. Hit that little share arrow, pops up, click on notes. And what that will do is that's going to add what in the business is called a card. You're going to get this pretty little image that also is a link. So if you notice, if you're at Target and you notice that your kid the other day, and this is where life really gets good and interesting. The other day, your kid said, you know, we don't have to do the advent calendar. I'm grown up and we don't need to do that. And I said what I always say, which is, this is not for you. It's for me. Don't be a dick about it. Um, but if your kid just said two days earlier, we don't need to do an advent calendar this year. Let's say you're at the Target and on an end cap, you see that there is a Lego Avengers advent calendar and your kid expresses interest in it. Well, guess what? A dad pops open the phone, starts a new note called Emma Christmas 2021, and that card gets added to it. How did you add that card? You did it inside of Safari. You did it inside of your browser. You ever tried this, guys? Pick up your phone, go to a web page, and then hold down your button to invoke SIRI and say, remind me about this tomorrow. And if everything worked right, which it doesn't always, that's going to create a reminder for you, mm -hmm. a dated reminder for tomorrow with a link to that goddamn webpage. I love it. How many of you, how many of you have used that in the last month? No, no. not as many as you claim. <laughs> I swear to God, people have no idea. And if they do have an idea, it's just to be smug. And, and smug does not make happy. Learn these things. Browser, good. Try to help. This to there, there to that. That's a big one. A big one is I want stuff here to be somewhere else. Or I want, I want my outboard brain to take care of this for me. But like, you know, so you're going like, oh, great genius. You figured out Instapaper. Yeah, but think about this. Think about the confidence where I can roll through life knowing that if there's anything I saw in the last 10 years that I thought for whatever reason was interesting and I might want to read it, there's an over 80% chance that that got added to Instapaper. I might not have read it. I probably didn't read it knowing me. But you know what else that means? Also means it's all in Pinboard, which has an API and can do stuff, and it has apps. And it's just brilliant, because Maycheck is brilliant, and Pinboard's the best. And I, I hope it comes back bigger and better than ever, because it's just the best. That's a lot more to it than just an extension. That's an extension that has now basically built an entire addition onto my information mansion. Mm, wow. Right? Information mansion. Mm-hmm. Conjunction junction. So that's that's all like the, but you know what? There's a, there is another use to browser extensions, and we don't like to talk about it because it makes us feel like jerks. But uh, I think the other a big part of it is also like what I'm going to call this the phenomenon of um, I don't know. Maybe you just don't want to see ads. 
which is fine. For me, it's more, more precious or more annoying, which is like, hey, this is my goddamn computer. You're not allowed to paste all your BS all over my computer. This is really <laughs> gross. And I'm not even going to be that guy because I, like, I have a really good deal on how fast my internet is and what my bandwidth is. I have no place to bitch about that. I can't even make that dumb argument, although it certainly has come up when we're on vacation and out of AT&T bandwidth. That becomes quite an issue. Right. Where you're like you're on. They've, they've moved you down to the trickle speed because you're over your limit. <laughs> we discovered that. Basically, a day after we went to Yosemite, probably five years ago, mm-hmm. and our our bandwidth would not renew or like the new, you know what I mean? The, the new month mm-hmm. would not start until the day we came home. And it was maddening to not be able to use the phone to like use maps and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't even make that argument. I won't make that argument. No. What I will say is um, that I would be skeptical about any company business publisher, website, seemingly good-hearted person who tries to persuade you that you're a guest in their house, and so you have to always follow their rules, and you're a real stinker that, that if you don't follow their rules. If you do stuff like run content blocking, if you do stuff like turning off cookies, all that sort of stuff. And I think... I think People like me, I mean, it seems kind of hypocritical, to be honest, because we have ads on this program. I had ads on 43 folders. Um, I mean, ads are the way a lot of places almost make some money. Hold for laugh. Um, (laughs) Because it really is true. It really is a lot of people almost making some money. There's not nearly as much being made money being made on anything as you think, unless you're popular on Twitch. So (laughs) why am I saying all of this? Because, like, I... I don't, uh, boy, in America, the last thing you want to be is a hypocrite. You know, you can't come back from that. But what I will say is like, no, like I, I do really good ad reads. I mean, I'm no Griffin Newman. I could do really good ad reads. There are ads that I super enjoy. I never skip the ads on blank check. Ring, ring. Like I, there are certain people whose ad reads I love and there's certain there are products that I deeply love. I, I'm sorry to sound like I'm being defensive about this, but there is an implicit rap against everybody. You must never admit that you do any content blocking on the web because you're taking food out yeah, of literally people's- you're literally there's someone like the sandwich is in their hand moving toward their mouth and you're ripping slap it out, it of, them. out of their yeah, hand yeah. into a mud puddle pick it up and slap their kid with it right and you don't want to do the independent <laughs> publisher sandwich slap <laughs> it's finally taking over the the lindy shuffle um <laughs> uh so, so the defensiveness is born out of like you know when I land on Tom's Guide or I land on iMore or whatever that Tom's Guide family is that runs all the Admiral pop-ups, but you've gotten the Admiral pop-up. Yeah, you've yeah. gotten the pop-up that in various versions, I assume that like captures, you can decide how much of a dick you want to be, but you get the whole like, it looks like you're using an ad blocker. Here, click here to join me. Boop, boop. And you're like, no, I'll just bounce. And I'll probably just, you know, blacklist that site because mm-hmm. like, why would I go there anymore? Tom's Guide, so good. Friends are right there. But like, no, sorry, guys. So why am I being such an asshole? Sorry. Uh, why am I being such an unpleasant person? Uh, because to use a, uh, to, coin, to repurpose a phrase we used to use in the South, you know, you, you tell me I'm, I'm really harming your whole industry because you haven't figured out another way to make money apart from having someone put ads on your website. Mm-hmm. And like, that, that's, that's my problem and I'm harming you. Because I don't want those there. The phrase we used to use in the South, butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. When, when you call those things ads, 
you're being really intellectually um, dishonest. It's not the ads that are the problem. It's all the stuff behind the ad. And like, it's, it's such a bummer that I feel like I have to even say this. But I, I mean, I don't even know where to begin to point to you to show you what a deliberately terrible thing a lot of folks are doing or allowing to happen on their behalf. I don't think they feel great about it. I, I really, I really super don't. In the same way that I think a lot of really, really talented people on Substack, there's a wonderful reaction gift that I love a lot. And it's a picture from What We Do in the Shadows, the film, where Taika Waititi, it's at the beginning of the movie, where Taika Waititi, I'll put this in show notes. Oh, I'll use my new Imgur skills to put this up. Um, and by the way, if you haven't seen the TV show and the movie, treat yourself. It's really good. Um, but there's this moment at the beginning of the movie where the Taika Waititi character is going from vampire to vampire and like waking them up because they're going <laughs> to... They're going to have a, so it's basically different generations of vampires from different eras living together and, and having the kinds of troubles that roommates have. And it's magic. And they have to have a house meeting because no one's done the dishes in five years. And, uh, but there's this one scene where he, he's checking in on the oldest and nastiest, like and grossest, like Nosferatu vampire. And there's this great shot where he just looks at the camera with his, his big Taika Waititi eyes and does this really weird forced toothy grin at the camera, which you can see in show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that expression is how so many people, I imagine how they look when this topic comes up, when it comes up on Substack, that the only way you're able to make any money on Substack is because some really terrible dinglings who think they don't need editors are there, mm-hmm. that there's a false economy. Nobody's talking about at Substack. Mm-hmm. And then every time you and your buddies, including people I really like and admire, like have to like stand there while Andrew Sullivan or whomever goes off or the, the, the deeply talented Matt Iglesias just goes off <sighs> and you look at the camera and go, mm. like, hey, <laughs> it's fine here. Substack. Yay. Very proud. Proud Substack independent. We check out my Substack or my paper.li or whatever. Um, I feel like that's happening with a lot of these ads. Cause if you don't know what you're, so when you call those ads, if you don't know what's actually going on behind the scenes, with those, your tabula ads or whatever, um, shame on you. Shame on you. It wasn't how it was now. Probably five, ten years ago, Matt Howie first talked about. <laughs> this is where this is where this stuff gets so amazing, and why I say it's like an Ouroboros eating its Ouroboros. <laughs> Matt Howie goes to Amazon because why? Because Matt Howie needs to buy some uh, uh, a new uh, porch light, a new light for his porch. So guess what? He goes to Amazon, he buys a porch light. All right. How, how soon is Matt Howie going to need to buy another porch light? Well, if it goes okay, probably not too soon. But guess what? Every <laughs> everywhere he goes for the next few months. Everywhere, it's all porch lights. That's all he will see. Which, on the one hand, you go, wow, that's really clever. You, you saw that I had an interest in porch lights. You're like, yeah, but let's, let's take a minute with this. I only have one porch, and the porch only has one light. How many porch lights do you think I'm going to buy? I, that sounds silly, but like, okay, you're clever to figure out I looked at a porch light, but you're not clever enough, clever enough to figure out that I bought the kind of thing nobody buys 10 of. <laughs> when I'm checking out at Amazon, and it says, hey— uh, let's see. Oh, people who liked three hundred this three hundred dollar uh, air cleaner uh, often also buy these four other air cleaners. And like, I don't think that's true. Hey, people who buy carburetors also bought these three carburetors. Like, no, they didn't. Add all, all three to your bastic. No, I don't think that's how that works at all. And if that's the kind of great intelligence that is behind this sort of technology, I would not feel a huge amount of confidence about how well that it's going. I think that's gross. 
So why do we need these things? We need these yeah. things because it's our computer. Oh, we're going in a minute, chill. This is this is this is good. I promise. So we we uh, we need these things because we might. There are ways that we would like to live our life. Okay, I'm just going to read what I what I was I was thinking about this yesterday and jot, jotted some things down. But what what I'm saying is like just as a thought experiment, imagine that that instead of you, the dumb consumer, being a guest on their website vis-a-vis their house. Think about the other way around. What if the people who enter your life through your computer, hello, what if those what if those sites, those businesses, those people, what if they're guests in your house because that the computer is your house? Mm-hmm. And because it's your house, you get to set the house rules. I understand you still have to you know, adhere to the terms of service. I'm sure all of you are deeply reading all the terms of service for everything you and making sure you never run afoul of it. Because what kind of person would ever say, well, actually the terms of, right. And so what if your taste, your preferences, like your values, what if you're allowed to have that reflected? And that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I want to talk about a couple real quickly, a couple big finds I had this week that are, I want to, well, I don't want to overstate this, but kind of paradigmatically changing how I think about this stuff. Because in the past, there was this kind of fallow, I mean, get my back, but there's been kind of this weird fallow period with Safari extensions after they really clamped down on what extensions you could have and where it could run. What was the event? What was the species ending event? Wasn't there a thing a couple years ago? Were like they really kind of it was it was no longer a thing of like oh we can just port this from Firefox to Safari like right. you needed to be yeah, a they, compliant app store right there was right. something yes. that happened yes there and was so not a lot has been happening and I, there's no not time or interest for me to say why I use Safari but I use it because I use Apple stuff and I like that it syncs up I like like that it does all these things I like handoff so I hope that's okay with you guys that I use Safari yeah you can go ahead I do not have that. Chrome on any of my computers. It has been deleted from every computer. My alternate browsers for like, is this working the way I think? I use Firefox and Vivaldi, the two that I use. So I don't have Edge either. So what is it Merlin's so excited about that got him thinking about this so much that he went back? There's an extension that I used when Christ was a corporal. I, I know I used this back in the day, probably on Chrome. And I don't know why I didn't use it anymore, but I rediscovered this week Oh, let me get all, every single bit of this right, because I love this guy. Hello. I want to say Jeff. What um, is Vivaldi's um, based on? Vivaldi's I don't know the answer to that. It's another, it's a, it's another sort of pretty uh, extensible privacy first. It's kind of like you could do stuff with it like you would with Chrome, mm-hmm. but you get like the, the paranoia that you get with Firefox, sort of. Um, I guess, yeah. Uh, it's so ironic to me that people are using Chrome and thinking they're doing such a great privacy job. Yikes. Yeah, I know. Okay, Stop the Madness uh, is by, I want to say Jeff. Jeff, is it? Jeff Johnson. Hi, Jeff Johnson. I just started following you on Twitter. Hi, how's it going? Um, I learned about this from, of all places, Gruber, because Gruber had a post on the Daring Fireball website where he it was an update. Do you remember a few years ago, Dan? I don't know if you, I don't know if you hate AMP the way that I do. I do. I hate AMP. I hate AMP so much, it makes my teeth explode. I hate it. And like two years ago, Google said, so AMP is this dumbass thing where it's like, oh, we're helping the we're helping the reader and the viewer by making this like new version of like HTML for dummies. It's gonna make it very easy and fast and rah, 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 Google rules. Now, the net result of that at this point is try going to Google News, clicking on any link, and see if it goes anywhere but to an AMP link. So basically they're wheezing your juice. They're sticking your crap in a frame, essentially, except it's ugly, it's stupid, it's terrible. It messes up so many things. And they said, if memory serves, at least a year ago, hey, we're going to make this optional. We're going to make this something you don't have to do. That never happened. 
For whatever reason, in the last little while, there's been a little mini explosion of at least three extensions I'm aware of that was at least two I'm aware of because I bought them both that I'm aware of that just fix the amp problem. Meaning that when you click, it's going to remove the junk that it's going to basically pull out the original canonical Earl or no, what's the word for that canonical? Yeah. The canonical Earl for that. And it's going to take you to that page instead of to this busted ass amp site. (laughs) I don't have a problem with this on a Mac, but for whatever reason, it's so unpleasant on my phone and my iPad. Do you get this? Like yes. you first see the thing at the top that says, oh, we're redirecting you and mm. blah, blah. And like, and what's the trick? Well, the trick is there's this impossibly tiny 16th of an inch horizontal area at the top of the quote unquote page that said, if you click on this and you figure out what to click, you can see what the original URL was, click it, and then it'll attempt to open that in a new one. Wow, thanks. Don't do me any favors, Google. I noticed this because uh, Gruber had link to a couple of these and he brought back to me a thing that i have not used in years and boy has it ever gotten better and it's called stop the madness it's made by a friend of the show jeff johnson dan Mm. i sent this to you we have stop the madness we have uh, what's called tweaks for twitter we have stop the script these are all things uh that jeff has made and i don't know jeff but if if i were to imagine jeff i would see him a couple times a month experiencing something in a room with a closed door and screaming ah! and then <laughs> running to a keyboard and going and fixing exactly with a scalpel one tiny little part of something that drives him bananas is what it feels like which i love why do i love that because a lot of ad blockers are hogs a lot of ad blockers do too much too slowly or too little too slowly. Mm. And it can get really, it can slow things down. And if you're like me and forget that you've actually unintentionally installed and enabled four or five different content blockers, some of which, you know, I got Brave. I've got, uh, you know, I've, I've had so many over the years. Like I said last week, the latest I've been playing with is Magic Lasso, but it gets so heavy. Dan, I sent you to this website. Have you had a chance to take a look at Stop the Madness by front of the show, Jeff Johnson? Yes, I did look at it. I tried it out and uh, it's very interesting what it does. I was not really sure when you showed it to me or did you tweet it or did you tell me about this last week? But what's really interesting is they have on, on the website, there's a little test page. Uh, this Test is one page of, rules. <laughs> yeah, the test page was the coolest thing because basically you go to this test page It's uh, and it's in the show notes. It's underpassapp.com slash stop the madness. But it's one of those websites that's just Times New Roman, like no styles yeah, like, at all. It's, four, it's, it's like four, it's like four LI items. Y- yes. And uh, so if you scroll down to about the middle. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, oh, well. I apologize. Yes. I haven't made code in a while. If if you go down to about the middle, it'll take you over to the test page. And what's cool is it says like it's on this page, they've disabled yeah. select, cut, copy, paste, drag, drop, contextual menus, command click, control yeah. click. Try, try any of these things that I'm trying to fix. You like, can't paste. Have you ever been you to a website that won't let you paste into a field? Really? That's your idea of security? You won't let me drag this link. You force things to open in this window. You force me to go through AMP. You do all this stuff on this page. It's like, hey, if you wonder whether you need this, go to this page and try to do these four or five things. And I'll bet you there's at least one of these that won't let you do. And the app differs in its functionality, I think, for somewhat understandable reasons. Um, hey, by the way, you bought it, right? If you buy it, I'm trying to remember if you get the Mac and iOS version when you buy it. I feel like you I do. 
thought you but did. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've just been anyway, doing it on Anyway, it is for pay. In my opinion, it's worth the money. But, you know, if you need me to say that, you probably won't buy it anyway. Just buy it. Um, but here's what's neat about this. I don't, you know, there's a part of me that just loves that. Like, this is obviously, I mean, wh- whatever Jeff's probably numerous skills as a visual designer, I just love how stripped down. This is like the kind of page an engineer makes. And it, I, I like that in this. Here's what's neat about this. You know, like I've been using Adblock Pro for a while, and it seems to work pretty well. It's pretty cool. It feels a little sketchy sometimes. But Adblock Pro is actually like seven or eight different extensions that do different things. So that's cool. Like if you just want to block ads, you do this. If you just want to block video stuff, you do this, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of stuff running all the time. And it does sometimes cause problems. But what if you want, I think this might be a Spin Doctor song, a pocket full of scalpels. What if you just want some very precise things to change? Um... How about this? You ever been on a web page and it won't let you cut, copy, or paste on the page at all? You can't select text. Hate it. Hate it. it. They've hijacked your browser. They've hijacked your your canvas. And they won't let you do that. Sometimes you can't grab an image or see an image. Not because it's in CSS, um, which you can figure out by hitting inspect element, but because uh, they, they have a notion. I hate to keep saying business. This business or publisher, somewhere in their hierarchy came up with a reason where it officially became okay that their website does not let you cut cut or copy or whatever. But they have their reasons for that. Now, does that mean you have to hew to that? Well, of course it does. Did you not read the terms? No, it doesn't mean that. Screw you. What if I take my scalpel and I throw it against the wall and let's say it accidentally cuts off the part of JavaScript that says I can't do cool stuff that every other browser on the (laughs) website in the world lets me do? Um won't let you select text. It won't let you drag and drop. Here's where it gets good. And this is very recent. And again, this will vary depending on are you doing iOS or Mac. But for example, right now on iOS in the last, I want to say a week or so, Jeff has added Bypass AMP, which you don't need a whole, you don't need all these different things to be running. Bypass AMP means like you're you're not even going to notice the fact that AMP exists anymore. It's just gone. It's wiped it's away. It's taken care of. Clean exactly slate. Right. Bypass link shorteners. I kind of love that, especially if you're security conscious, conscious, and like, would like to know what you're clicking on. All this stuff is so terrific. And then he gets into stuff that's a little bit more, he says, use with caution. There's, there's, a, there's an area called recommended, an area called, these are all just, uh, 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 what do you call this? Not bullets, but uh, radio, not radio buttons. What are these called? Click boxes, right? Check recommended, boxes, check, check boxes. Bloomberg, Bloomberg checkbox, three of three. Use with caution. And then the third section is keyboard related. Now, there's a couple under use with caution that g- gave daddy some morning wood. Um, how about stop video autoplay? You ever been somewhere, some, some neighborhood, maybe you're in an okay neighborhood like Google news and you click on a site and then you go into a bad neighborhood. Like let's say a Tampa Bay area website that's really all in on the Brian laundry thing. And then you get that little thing in the corner where a video plays. And you're like, why are you playing a video? Why, why, why would I have to go find the X to make a video stop playing when I just want to go read about why the laundry family is picking up laundry baskets in their yard? It fixes that. You can even get, but now what that will do is like, for example, now that's going to give you much more control. Oh, and by the way, all of these are per website if you choose, right? So if you want a whitelist for certain special ones, you can like even create these, uh, he has like a pull down menu where you can like make your own sets of these, right? Anyway, it's not like the prettiest app in the world, but I love the simplicity of this. I'm going to wrap this up in a second, but I would just say Stop the Madness is one where it will stop the madness. And the other one of his that I discovered on that same day I know this is not very fashionable, but when I am at my private office here in Coit Tower in San Francisco, I, I tend to use Twitter on the web. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much, I'm working my way to being totally in on just Twitterific, 
when I'm on iOS or iPad. Hmm. Oh, and I, I like it fine on the Mac. It's just I've got this big ass, you know, I got a Mac Mini and I like I like a big screen, so I like I like a like a big screen, big stuff. And I'll open a few timelines in Twitterific on there. I'm still kind of getting my legs under me with Twitterific, even though as part of this omnibus project, my God, muffles have changed my life. Not only have muffles changed my life in Twitterific, we'll cover this on in the rectifs that comes out on uh, Thursday, but also that. In a way that Twitter does not, Twitterific honors mutes on other people's stuff. So like on other people's lists, Twitter lists, it knows to that if I muted this person, also mute them here. Twitter, the website, Twitter, the app won't do that. This is all huge. And like I say, it's all related to the same thing. I like so much about this except this. Dan, you're from the South. Have you ever gone to an event and somebody, it's a potluck, and somebody brought something with raisins? Why do people put raisins in everything, Dan? If you want raisins, have those at home. Enjoy those. Stop putting raisins in other foods, right? Because you could take the great, you could take, you could take a Chateaubriand uh-huh. at Burns Steakhouse in Tampa, Florida, and there'd be some other, there'd be somebody who wants to dust that lightly with artisanal, locally sourced raisins. You know what? This is a way of taking the raisins out of your food. Just never put the raisins. Just in don't my put food. them in. And if you put the raisins in my food, don't get mad that I picked them out. You didn't tell me this was going to be all raisins. Gross. I like raisins as a thing, but you know, but it's it's like anchovies and butt stuff. I'd like to know that it's coming, you know, so to speak. Get the raisins out of my web. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love that. But get this. If you're on if you are like me and you're a weirdo and you're 55 next month, you may do stuff like look at Twitter on the web. Well, guess what? Go buy his his uh extension called Tweaks for Twitter. Because get ready for this, Johnny. <sighs> Tweaks for Twitter. Block Twitter keyboard shortcuts. Hide Explore in the sidebar. Oh, I also I also run like Fixerific, uh, Craig's Craig and Company's extension. I've, I've, I've been experimenting with just using Tweaks for Twitter. Oh, what did, wait, what's Fixerific? Remind me to put that in notes. Fixerific. Fix. It's an Icon Factory extension for fixing annoyances uh, on the Twitter website. I'm going to run through these real quick. Oh God, the one. Why they started doing this? Urgh! The messages drawer, if you're ever on the web and on the right side of the page at the bottom, you get this little like, it's almost like a sticky. You get this thing. It's like you have a messages drawer sitting in the lower right of the web page all the time. I not only use DMs as little as possible, I don't like DMs. And so the idea, that's basically like saying, that's like putting a bowl of raisins on the back of my toilet. Like, I don't even want them there. Like, get them out of here. Yeah. It's not like they're bathroom olives. Hide the messages drawer. Hide non-tweets in timeline. Hmm? Hide promoted tweets? The devil, you say. Hide this tweet is unavailable. Hide tw- trends in sidebar. Hide these are all different buttons that you can click. If you don't, if Maybe you don't like walnuts. Maybe you don't like cashews. Maybe you don't like raisins. Well, there's a button for each one of those. Make the page title scrollable. Stop, scroll, sc- stop gluing that to the top. I, via Gruber, years ago, I discovered this really... Just a bookmarklet. But basically, anytime you're on a page where it wants to sticky part of it with CSS, mm-hmm. you hit that button and it unstickies it. Gone. Mm. Love those things. Anyway, so those are two. He also has one called Stop the Script, which is uh, for turning off scripts on all the, the pages. I wanted to uh, say, hey, thank you to friend of the show, Jeff. I'm really glad I discovered what you're doing or rediscovered what you're doing. And it's led to this larger project, which is not only do I – this is, is going to sound paradoxical. I want to find more things like this, meaning – Listen, I've been around this stuff for a while. I used to be a seasoned technologist. You know, I used to be fat, but now I have two nieces. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, I, I'm very interested 
in finding this is a very Dan Benjamin mm. metallurgist grandfather thing. I want to find the best of each one of these and turn all the other ones off. Not the you know, but I want to I want I want I don't need thirty five cheap screwdrivers. I need two really good really screwdrivers. good ones. Yeah, yeah. So part of this project is as I discover these little things, I'm turning off other things just to see how it goes. It's easy enough once you've done it. So like you know, right now, Jesus, Dan, I've got AdBlock, and these aren't all on. These are all installed, if not enabled, right? And this is on my Mac here at my private office in Coit Tower. AdBlock Pro, which is eight different extensions. Of course, I use Downy. Uh, DuckDuckGo, Privacy Dashboard, Privacy Protection, Fixerific, Hush, which is one of those that's not that good, but like it's used, maybe I'm just misunderstanding what it's supposed to do, but it's one of those nag blockers that, I don't know if it works that well. Instapaper, Keyword Search, three different extensions for Magic Lasso. Well, once again, another one I mentioned last week, Super Agent, URL, uh, URL linker that creates markdown links. I said Fixerific. And then, of course, I have tweaks for Twitter and Stop the Madness. I'm very intrigued by all of these. Can I tell you about about one more that's like just a drop-dead example of the kind of stuff I'm talking about? Um, yes. Okay. So let's say you go to – you find a link on, let's say, Twitter. Well, guess what? Your old friend Google's back. Hey, it's me, Google. Have some more stuff. Have this giant pile of – oh, I got it, Dan. You ready? Yeah. Here's a, a big bowl of ampersands and raisins. Enjoy your raisins. They are all held together with ampersands. Hmm. UTM tracker equals code Twitter, beep, beep, beep. All that BS after the interesting part so they can tell where you found the link. Right. What do you call that? Uh, not operators or attributes. What do you call it when you got um, – Help me, help me remember Ref, the name refer, of the stand. Refer, referral. It's mean, but like when you have ampersands, like for example, well, when you got parameters. Okay, so URL parameters, like, sure. and sometimes that's real useful, right? So yeah. if you're going to Amazon, it's handy that it'll say like, okay, you landed on this product via this search. I don't hate that, but it does bug me when I try to send somebody a link and I look again. I look simple. What is all this? What is all this raisin salad after the question mark? Have you heard of Zapper Tracker? I am not. What could be simpler, Dan, than the glory of something like, um, what's it called? Zap Wait, Tracker Zapper. That's what it's called. My apologies to the family. I can't um, believe you made that mistake. I'm so embarrassed. Tracker Zapper for Mac. So weird. You, you get this, you install it, and guess what? It's it's smart. Um, this is in notes. It's smart. And it knows uh, what, everything after the question mark. There are certain kinds of things after the question mark that, that are romaine lettuce, but a lot of it's raisins. Raisins and ampersands. Um, and when you copy, if you have this enabled, when you copy a link and it's got a bunch of BS parameters, it silently removes it. And then you paste in something beautiful that's nice and simple and you look like a gentleman instead of a, instead of a, a grandpa. Stop the madness, tweaks for Twitter, stop the script, tracker zapper. Dan has brought us 12 foot ladder. I, I'm bringing you the concept of muffles from Twitterific. Mm -hmm. It's your goddamn computer, people. I'm telling you this, like so many things, I'm saying this because I need to hear this, right? I think because this is great. I'm really looking forward to, you know, Merlin's Picks Top 10 2021, which is oh, our cool. December. Yeah. I would be very into that. What I'm, what I'm saying, the pep talk I'm giving to myself that you consequently have to overhear is that I don't want to harm anybody. Um, I am, I was a Holden Caulfield at birth. Like from the beginning, I have been Holden Caulfield. And so that means in my personality, I not only like don't like it when somebody reams me, I triple hate it when somebody reams me and acts like it. it's because we have a really strong relationship. 
It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to me when I'm trying to be real with somebody, whether that's a publisher or whatever, and and they're feeding me a line of BS. You know what I mean? It's one thing to be. Oh gosh, one doesn't want to talk about World War II. It's it's one thing to be somebody who's going along to get along and like to to keep keep your family safe and stuff. And like maybe you need to run those ads, but like if you're smart enough to run a website and smart enough to know that you can run ads on it, but you're not smart enough to realize what that stuff is doing to your readers. Mm. And then you're okay acting like I'm the bad guy for wanting to keep that out of my life. That would bum me out. And I would I would find it difficult to have a truly intimate and deep relationship with anybody who acted like that was okay. So, you know, it, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a joke that's been a running joke on Do By Friday for probably five years now. Uh, the joke that you may know that it became is where you go, oh, I need this for my work. So if I go like, oh, you know, this Apple Watch, I really have this one that I really like, but I need this other one for my work. That thing we do, that thing we all do where we're going, oh, yeah, but like it would really help me with my work. Mm-hmm. That kind of started with Facebook because Alex and to a greater extent Max would both say, well, I have to be on Facebook for work. And I would always be like, okay, well, how many people on Facebook would tell you that they have to be there for their work? Well, there's a ton of people who have their reasons. What is it going to take for you to stop doing that? Bless your heart. It's just like another thing after thing after thing comes along. There was the Wall Street Journal stuff. There was their very, very bad, terrible, not very good week last week. There's just the whole concept of Mark Zuckerberg. Like, would you let that guy, like, hold your bra for an hour? I wouldn't. You're not going to get it back. And if if you do, it's not going to be the same bra. That guy's bad, right? (laughs) Real bad. (laughs) Don't even let him know where it is. No. I just, when we say these things, like we have our reasons for why we do these things, um, I think there is a kind of uh, personal personal dishonesty. Like, I hate to sound like I'm, like, on a high horse about this, but, like, if you have to be on Facebook... Because, I mean, everybody who started a business based on their platform had to be on Facebook. Yeah. Everybody who has family members that only post photos there has to be on Facebook. Yeah. It's, it's so, there's so many people I meet every week that tell me they have to be on Facebook. And it's like, okay, well, you have to be on Facebook. But, like, if you have to be on Facebook, if your site has to run these usurious privacy robbing ads. Like you have all these have tos in your life and that's okay, but that does not entitle you to tell me I have to live the same way because of what you've pretended to choose. You're not allowed, nobody else, including or especially any business is allowed to define my tolerance for risk. Like that's on me. And if I choose badly, that is on me. But like you're not allowed to say, hey, look, we're old pals. We were on a podcast together once. How dare you tell people to block ads on my site? That's, that's, it's gross. We're not blocking the ads. We're, we're blocking the malware. And so, stop the madness. Tweaks for Twitter. Stop the script. Tracker zapper. 12-foot ladder. Muff. What do all these things have in common? Well, they have in common that, like, I'm a grown-ass adult who maybe does dumb stuff sometimes, but I should get to use my computer the way that I want. And I would even say at this point, I, I not only want to try not to feel guilty and, and butthurt and Holden Caulfield about all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I would like to have a much more affirmative vision of, of understanding, again, back to first principles, Clarice, why did I start using all these things in the first place? Because it's a computer. I want it to be pleasant and fun to use. I want it to be the way that I want. I want, it, I want to feel like it's an extension of my body. And anything that is even nominally an extension of my body should not be under the control of somebody else to, to paste up posters. Like, it's just, it's gross. 
We'll talk more about this. These are some good ones. This is uh, some good stuff here. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the Stop the Madness, I think, is really a project to watch. I, I'm just interested in, like, how that moves forward. I, the For example, stuff like the turning off autoplay, I think, is iOS only, probably for reasons. But uh, all these little things really make a difference. Like, the first time you go to a website with the rear port call us up and your shield's down, you're like, whoa, this is what it's like for people who need this for their work. You know, because that's also what they said at... Yeah, that's, uh, that's what they say. That's at Nuremberg. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, Dan. Hey. Our thanks to uh, Compiler, Red Hat's Compiler. Yeah, their What's podcast. And their podcast. Yeah. Podcasts are good. Go and check them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, uh, my God, thank you for your, as Kurt Vonnegut used to say, thank you for your sweetly faked attention for this one hour and 34 minutes. This is a blockbuster uh, length episode right there. Yes, I found my pants. <laughs> you got any movie recommendations for this week? Movie uh, or TV? I mean, the, the Bond uh, film. Bond movies are real good. I yeah. watched that German show. I watched most of that show, what's called The Billion Dollar Code. And it's about the people who made, well, what the, what the I can't vouch for this, but what the story pretends is that Google stole, basically stole Google Earth from this German company oh. formed in the 90s. And if you, it's a little corny, but kind of fun. And if you like stuff like Halt and Catch Fire, um, I recommend it to my friend Alex because they love stuff like this. You might check that out. That's really good. I'm going to say, you guys, seriously, you know, don't sleep on this, as they say on the internet. I would go check out uh, The Leftovers. Oh, Dan, you know what brought me back to The Leftovers is Made, M A I D Made on Netflix because it's got the wonderful Margaret Qualley in it. Yes. Who's amazing. That's Andy um, uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, help oh. me out. Four weddings and a funeral. Andy, Andy McDowell? Dowell. Andy McDowell? Yeah, Andy McDowell. McDowell. Groundhog Day. So she's a model who became an actress who's married to a model, and they made Margaret Qualley, who's exquisite. She really does look like Snow White. She's amazing. And and please check out the video that I will put uh, of her dancing, because she's an amazing dancer. I'll put that into uh, the show notes for this. And there's something with Imgur that I'm doing also. Um, the thing that brought me back to... Uh, is like made... Both made... M-A-I-D. Made. I'm doing that thing my grandmother does where she just compulsively would spell things. Made and uh, The Leftovers, two shows that you can't wait to watch the next episode, but sometimes you really should take a break. Have you seen or heard about Made? Only the little thumbnail of it as I scroll around looking for yeah. something to watch. It's uh, based on a book. Um, man, I'm actually, my sister-in-law, who I was visiting this weekend, has read it. And said, like, it's a bunch of some people, some people I know have read the book that this is based on, which is about a woman who was in a pretty, I think, at least according to the TV show, a woman in a like abusive, but like not leaving a mark kind of abusive, just like a scary environment with this dude. She had a baby. She takes off with the baby. She has no money. She becomes, she like works at this cleaning service. But this will not even get you anywhere near the like, just the like, all the ways you you get locked in a series of cars when you don't have any money. It's so bad. And, you're, you know, you got to go take the bus and you got to return the vacuum cleaner and you're scared for your mom to watch the kid because she's really weird. Oh, and by the way, uh, played by her own actual mother, Andy McDowell. Margaret Qualley in Maid. I recommend Maid. I recommend Leftovers. And I recommend that you try to find your peace with uh, having your computer, like your life, be more the way that you would prefer. Lovely. Yeah. Let's button this up. You ready? 
I think I'm are you feeling good? Yeah, I feel really strong about this one. <laughs> okay. Um uh let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.